the volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook for so many reasons. Great odds and markets for the MLB, NBA, NHL, and so many more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, safe and secure. You get winnings fast. And it's so fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day and night when you log in. And FanDuel Sportsbook is now live in Ontario, Canada. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. All right, welcome into another episode of the best gambling show ever. Alex Monaco chilling with Live Moods. Live, how we feeling? We're going to talk a little NBA before we dive into the NFL. I can't wait to get your thoughts. Yeah, I have a lot to say, Monaco. So whenever you're ready, let's let's dive into it. All right. The whole NBA offseason saga of Durant wanting out. It's me or management. I want to go here. I want to go there. He's apparently made his lap around and he is back to square one. He's staying with Brooklyn, at least at the moment. I got a lot of feels. I want, I want to dish it to you. I, in my head, I'm like, this is like an unhealthy toxic relationship. Is he in? Is he out? Is he in? Is he out? We got the Nets right now on FanDuel 750 to win the, the title and plus 410 to win the East. How are you feeling about KD here? I mean, anyone that says women are more emotional than men is full of crap. Men are equally as emotional as women. This whole thing, this whole saga to me has been this back and forth situation that I knew was never going to pan out. I just knew it. Like after the third conversation, what he said, the Suns originally was the landing spot. And then it changed to the 76ers. And then there was conversations about the Grizzlies. I got a lot of texts that there was conversations with the Nuggets. After the first, second, third conversation that didn't pan out, it should have just, it should have just never been talked about again, but it's been this constant, just roller coaster of emotions. You have to remember, there's also other people, other athletes on the other side of this trade. It's not just about KD. It's, am I staying here and playing for this team another year? Or am I going to be a part of this KD trade? So I think it's a lot of drama for no reason. And then I think it's interesting that I think when he started to realize that these trades weren't going to pan out, it was, it's me or management. It's me or the coach. And that to me is a very big diva mentality. Now I know you can make a case for Katie to say he has earned the right. Some people may say that he has earned the right to be able to say, I am not, I'm not playing under a coach that I don't get along with or that I don't agree with or whatever. But to me, if you allow any athlete of any caliber 
to speak that way, to behave that way. And then you give them what they want. What kind of precedent are you setting for athletes everywhere to be able to think? Parenting. That's what I'm saying. That is like now you're, now you're giving athletes the impression that if you've got a, if you've got a great, you know, if you've got great career stats, you can walk in and just demand whatever you want. Absolutely not. Like Kevin Durant, I love you. You are one of my favorite players to watch. I have some of the most respect for you as an athlete. However, let's not forget what last year looked like for you. Let's not forget how your season ended. To me, there was no reason that the chest should have been puffed up and the diva mentality should have been there. So I go back and forth because I love KD. I think he's very talented. I think he deserves to be on a winning team, but at the same time, like you got to make work with what you've got. You know, you can't have this diva mentality of, I want to ring. I want to go somewhere where I can win. Like you guys have arguably one of the strongest rosters, two of the strongest players on the same team. If you can't make that work, then you can't expect to just hop over to another team and win a championship. So to me, the largest thing that I have gathered from this whole train wreck of a, is Katie leaving? is the diva mentality. And I don't love it. I don't play with diva mentality. I don't care how good you are. None of that. None of that. No, I feel you. I, I think it's, I think not, not playing inspector here, but I think it's a direct byproduct of the Warriors winning it all. If the Warriors didn't win it all. He wouldn't have gone it. He went into a tailspin. He left a healthy, to get all my coward here, marriage, whatever you want to call it, relationship. And now he's in a toxic one with Kyrie. What the heck out? He's like, oh my gosh, the grass was greener. Could have had it all, but nah. And now he's like, dang, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm over 15 years in the league. I'm not Devin Booker. I am closer towards the back nine than the front nine. It's a different conversation for these teams. I mean, we forget that Durant's been in the league since the Sonic. So he's been around. It's not like you're taking a 28, 29-year-old Kevin Durant and you got a five-year window. You got a two-year window and you have to rebuild. So it's interesting yep. how the market kind of reset. I wonder if it will change the narrative of the LeBron way. Because again, Kyrie wanted the KD contract and KD wanted the Kyrie treatment where I'm going to be done next year. Trade me before the trade deadline contract wise. They flip flopped. And then Ben Simmons must be over here like this is more toxic than Kendall. I, I think the drama that's happening right now in the offseason with the Nets is all the more reason I will not put my money on them to win a title. Yeah, I don't I'm care how, like, I'm sorry, but to me, the the biggest train wreck right now in the NBA is the Brooklyn Nets. I will not put my money anywhere near that team. I'm not betting on them for a future. I'm not betting on them to come out of the East. I'm not doing it. I don't trust this team. I don't trust the way things are being run. And I definitely don't trust Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons' attitude problems. So no thank you. I'm good. The Nets will be a bust yet again. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, we're off them. We are not on the nets this year at all. Done. Done. We are together on that. On that note, let's get into our NFL running back episode. We're going to talk yeah. some touchdown props, too high, too low for some of our best running backs we have in the league. Let's start out with the most productive running back, Jonathan Taylor. Big boost in Madden. Gets Matty Ice now. A little more stability at quarterback. One of the best offensive lines, 12 and a half touchdowns on FanDuel. How are you feeling about that number? Yeah, I, I think the number's too low. I mean, he had 18 last season. You can make a case for the fact that he's got a new QB that had a higher completion rate last season. So will he pass more? Uh, potentially. But in my opinion, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, that's how I feel about this team with 
with Matt Ryan stepping into that QB position, like the run game worked very well for them. And I just don't think that again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think it worked for them last season. Um, I have a lot of faith in this Colts team this year. I've got them coming out of their division. I think that it's their division to lose at this point. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Ryan takes advantage of guys like Taylor to do what he does best. Like I, like I said, 18 last season, the numbers at 12 and a half feels low to me. So regardless of the new QB situation, I would take the over here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I first in touchdowns, yards, carries everything last year, average five, five on the ground two pro bowl offensive linemen. I mean, just get behind Quentin Nelson, let him do his thing. It, this is what the NFL is great for when you do have a great running back. You can get that balanced scheme, and I think that's what the Colts are. They're not going to rely on Matt Ryan too much. I'm with you. I think it's a little low. 18 touchdowns last year. I mean, 12 and a half. How do we go under? How do you go under for a guy that had a – I think he had a five-touchdown game. He had a four-touchdown game and a five – He's, he's unstoppable. We got we to gotta go over here. Agreed. This one's interesting because health has been a factor the last couple of years. Christian McCaffrey, seven and a half rushing touchdowns. Is that a steal or is that just the market adjusting to his health? So my notes say if he can stay healthy, this is absurdly too low in my okay. opinion. Um, health. We talk about it all the time on the show. How do you predict it? You don't. And I understand Vegas putting the line where it's at because we haven't seen a healthy season from McCaffrey since 2019. So what do you do with that? Right. I mean, he only played seven games in 2021, three games in 2020. However, the last season that he was healthy, like I said, 2019, he had 15 rushing touchdowns. He's also getting a Baker Mayfield. I'm assuming who he is starting in week one. So I'm assuming that's who we'll see for the majority of the season. He's getting a Baker Mayfield that led the Browns last season and had a bottom 10 passing offense. Okay. Forgive me. If I don't really trust a guy like Baker who had 13 interceptions last season to be throwing the ball. Yeah. I think the run game is the answer here for this Panthers team. So if he can stay healthy, I love the over. I do. I think it's a steal at seven and a half, but again, we haven't seen this guy healthy for two seasons now. So what do you do with that? I think you kind of take the risk here and you hope that he just stays healthy all season. And, and if he does, I think seven and a half is a breeze. I think when you've got a QB that you don't trust in terms of passing game, who had 13 interceptions last season, he's coming to a new team. Um, the run game to me is going to be very valuable for this Panthers team. And who is going to be leading the charge with that? I think it's Christian McCaffrey if he stays healthy. So I say, take the risk. The number's too low hammer the over. And if he's out with an injury, that's just gambling for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I don't have too much to add. I mean, you look at that Browns offense last year, and Nick Chubb was right behind Taylor in rush yards. So if they take anything in that Matt rule offense from Stefanski's Cleveland offense last year, it is the run the pass method. You, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's perfect as far as scheme and what they're going to do run the pass. I'm, I'm concerned about the health. 99 carries and 59 carries in the last two years. I mean, the guy was unstoppable. As you mentioned, 15 touchdowns, 20, 2020 or 2019, excuse me. And seven in 2018. So he was progressing beautifully. Now I'm concerned because a running back shelf life is so it's so short lived. And this is a rushing touchdown prop to your point though. 
if it's a gamble and he stays healthy, this is criminally low. He could have eight rushing touchdowns by week 10. Right. So I, I got to take the risk with you. I'm going over. Let's do it. I How do it. we feel about King Henry at 12 and a half touchdowns in, in a rare didn't play the whole season last year coming off the unders in every category, but because of that, how are we feeling about that number this year? It feels too low again with the health thing. I understand that, you know, there's some apprehension, but he had 10 and only eight games played last season. So how do you not look at that and go, this is another risk I'm willing to take. Right. I mean, he's healthy. He is the favorite right now for comeback player of the year for a reason. I think everybody is hot on his return and just, what he's going to bring to the table coming off of this injury. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like, I, I think it's, it's too low for him. The Titans had a bottom 10 passing offense last year. Um, I see another run heavy year for them this year. And I think at the forefront of that leading the charge is going to be Derrick Henry. So again, another risk you take because any guy that is prone to injury, you kind of want to stay away from, but 10 in only eight games played. I mean, it just feels like a no-brainer to me. So I think it's too low. I'll take the over. It's insanely low. I, I Literally, 17 touchdowns and 16 touchdowns in his two previous years healthy. 17 and 16. Yeah, uh, he's, he can't be stopped. That's he just, he that's literally it. can't be stopped, and he's one of those running backs that gets stronger as the game goes on. Literally, you get in a 12-round bout with him, you're, you're done by, by midway through the fourth, especially when we get to cold weather. So – no one wants to hit this man late and wrap him up. He, he tends to get stronger. If he can stay healthy, you mentioned it, 10 touchdowns. I was sixth in the league. He, he didn't even yeah. play a, a little over half the games. So as long as he stays healthy, we know this about the Titans offense and Henry. They're going to feed him. Sometimes these different offenses, multiple running backs, you deal with the splits. This is not one of them. This is a no. bell cow back. You got to take the over. Agreed. Love it. Right, this one's interesting because yes, Austin is. Eckler had a breakout year last year. He's sitting at seven and a half touchdowns. This is perplexing to me because of how productive he was last year. How are you feeling about this number with Eckler? You might not agree with this one, but it feels a little high. What? No, no, no. Let me explain. I know he had a really great season last year. He had eight last season, eight rushing touchdowns last season a really great passing offense from this chargers team last year. And there is just so much hype and pressure around a phenomenal Herbert season. So I worry he's going to pass more. Um, he, he is expected to have a very solid O-line stepping into the 2022 season. So I just see even more passing from him. I see him really playing in the toughest division in the NFL. I see him really trying to pass the ball more, which kind of hinders the usage of a guy like Eckler, even though he had a great year last year, I will never take that away from him. Um, it feels a little high just because I hear the hype. I know what, what everyone is saying right now about Herbert and the chargers. And I just think it's going to be a pass heavy year for Herbert and this chargers team. So I'm, I'm going to do a little hot take here and say, it's too high. I would look at some of the receivers on this team versus a running back. I I can't, I can't agree. I'm sorry. I think this man, look, I do agree with the, with the chargers passing. I think they are going to ramp it up. And again, you're, we're bucking a Justin Herbert quarterback and his numbers. That's he has the most completions and the most passing yards in the history of the NFL through two years. So I, to your point, you are spot on. I do see a lot of like HB screens and, you know, 
passing options to Eckler as opposed to running. But I like the over because I looked at I looked at the depth of right running back. Joshua Kelly didn't even get in the end zone last year. They do have this rookie Isaiah Spiller from AM. He doesn't strike me as an inside the five in, in the red zone running back. He, he's a change of pace back, in my opinion. So if they are going goal line with a running back, they're going to go with Eckler. Yeah, he's coming off career highs in every category. The year prior to last, he had one touchdown. I think they're all in on him. You look in the fantasy football world, he's projected to go first round. If he's going first round, he's got to get us eight touchdowns. He has to. You're right. You're right. I just, you know, I have to throw a hot take in every episode. No, you got to throw it in. I have I'll, to, you know. We'll, let's see if you got one for for uh, the Dallas Cowboys here to wrap it up. We got Zeke at seven and a half touchdowns. Tell me you're going over. Yes, okay. I am. Um, he had 10 last season. I know that there's a lot of conversations around this Cowboys team in terms of their offense and whether or not they should return to the run first offense. Here's what I, here's my opinion on that. Um, I am not a coach of football. Okay. So it's not fair of me to make any sort of decisions about the Dallas Cowboys. However, the Cowboys continue to cowboy. So maybe <laughs> let's switch it up, right? Maybe let's figure out what we need to do. Regardless of the run first offense mindset, if you're on that side or the pass first, whatever, no more Amari Cooper, no more Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup is injured. So what do we do? Who do you rely on? To me, it's a guy like Zeke. He is reliable. He is a beast. Um, he has been reliable for many seasons. So I think he needs to be the guy. I think he needs to be the offensive guy. I think he needs to be Dak's go-to guy. So because of the losses in the, you know, in terms of their passing offense for this season, I think the run game is the move here. And I think Elliot is the guy to do it. So the number is too low. I'm taking the over. Well said to, too low, 10 touchdowns last year. Uh, to your point, I do like I do like the rookie year Zeke approach where he had 15 touchdowns and, and is only a year over five yards per carry. But this man has gone over this th multiple times now, three times in his career. And word on the street is, and we talked about it, he has had a very healthy offseason. He didn't touch alcohol. He didn't party. He, he's got his body in the best shape he's had since his rookie season. And then the other caveat is that Tony Pollard is someone that you have to worry about when you're going against the Cowboys, but he only got in the end zone twice. So as far as taking touchdowns away, I don't see it. I think they are going to feed Zeke a lot more top five offensive line as well. Can't say enough about it. I mean, they're giving offense alignment away because they have seven that uh, that's how good they are at, at drafting in the interior. So I think to your point, He's definitely going to lean on his boy and his right hand man a little more. I think it's criminally low. Seven and a half touchdowns. Yeah, what? pretty low. It's pretty, pretty low. low. I think you should take advantage of that seven and a half because that that feels pretty low to me. Yeah. I mean, not to be an overs guy, but I like the over on every single <laughs> running back in this episode. Points, points, points. I'm I, the only one I was not on was Eckler, but that is that's a very bold statement flying out of my mouth. So I think taking the over on these guys is not a bad idea. If you're an overs person. This is the episode to hammer the, the players that we've talked about for sure. Fade the Nets, hit the running back overs. Bada <laughs> boom, bada bing. That is our episode. Exactly. <laughs> we will be back on Thursday talking wide receivers for Live on Alex. We'll see you then on the Volume Sports YouTube channel. See ya.
the volume.